right? It, it is it, getting it better. Is, the numbers better. are for subs are headed in the right direction, and of course, as we uh, fill our vacancies, our vacancy numbers are going down, which is headed in the right direction. But we definitely, as part of uh, why we're here today, is to increase awareness about just how critical it is to keep the teachers we have and ensure that LISD is a place where people want to come work. Hi, everyone. My name is Bill Lee. Welcome to LISD's podcast number six. We're coming to you from the beautiful, awesome facilities here at Tech West. And just a reminder, all of our podcasts are totally student-run. Today, we are honored to have our special guest, backed by popular demand, Dr. Lori Rapp, our superintendent of LISD. And we have Jennifer Perry, president of LISD's Council of PTAs. I got that right, right? Yes. All right. First of all, thank you all so much for coming. Thank and you. Now, as always, the very first thing we do in a podcast, we have to let our sponsor have a few minutes. So we'll be right back after this message from BOE Texas. BOE Texas got us alone. Hello, this is Sean and Marcus with Bank of England Mortgage for your LISD podcast series. That's right. Hey, we want to reach out to our LISD family because we are actually LISD family as well. Sean and I graduated from Marcus High School back in 97. That's right. And don't get it confused. Marcus Lepp actually graduated from Marcus High School. So even more of a tie. We're both alumni. We're we, here to give back. We are here to give back. Give we, to you. Teach you how to buy a house. That's right. We have tons of programs. We're licensed nationwide. Down payment assistance. Anything you're looking for, whether it's looking to purchase, buy, or just get some more info, guys, come Maybe check refinance, us out. Maybe refinance, get some cash out. That's right. Equity come, is going up these days. Come ask us. Everything's free to you guys. Check us out online. It's boetexas.com slash LISD. Talk to you soon. boetexas.com slash LISD. Welcome back. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, we are honored to have Dr. Lori Rapp, the superintendent of LISD, and Jennifer Perry. And we're going to talk about today, you know, there's four major cornerstones that LISD emphasizes on. And today we're going to pick one of those, and it's called community engagement. Now, a lot of people think community engagement is all about community relations. But today we're going to break it down a little bit. So we have four little things that we're going to break off of that and talk to Dr. Rapp and, and Ms. Perry about so we can see what kind of responses we can get from this. So first off, you know, um, there's a lot of discussions being made about staffing. And staffing is an issue that has affected just about every job, everything since COVID, maybe even a little bit before COVID. But uh, can we start off by that and, and maybe Dr. Rapp give us a little uh, input, a little update on where LISD is currently with the staffing issue. Sure, thank you so much for having us here today. I couldn't be more thrilled than to get to talk about uh, what I believe is actually one of our most important cornerstones, and that's, uh, as, you, as you stated, community engagement. Uh, you know, when it comes to staffing, all schools across the country are facing a staffing shortage, and that is teachers, principals, aids, transportation, child nutrition workers. It's staffing at all areas of the organization. You know, we had, uh, while we have not been as impacted as some other schools and school districts across the country, we have seen 
and impact locally. We had over 1,700 resignations this last school year. And just to give our listeners some context, prior to the pandemic starting, our number of uh, resignations was around 900. So as you can imagine, over 1,700 resignations is quite the task in order to fill to start the school year. We started the school year with a little over 100 teaching positions that were still open. We have definitely made progress. Our principals and our great HR department have worked very, very hard uh, to fill the majority of those positions, and we're down, uh, down to less than 20 teaching openings uh, at this time. We still have aid positions that are open, and we're working constantly to fill those. But I would say the what we're seeing, we were on pace for a shortage before the pandemic hit. We were, we were seeing that we have an aging workforce. We've got a lot of veteran teachers who we're very proud of, and we want them to stay with us in the teaching profession. But not as many people are choosing teaching as they're going into college as the number of people who are eligible to retire from the profession. And what the pandemic has done with the great resignation for many industries, education included, is it's accelerated that staffing departure and those resignations that schools are seeing across the country. So those 1,700, is that just teachers or does that include the entire support staff? 1,700 includes all all types. It includes teachers, support staff, principals, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, all uh, types of employment across the organization. And I assume we're still, uh, we have a sub shortage too, I would imagine. Yes, so we have partnered uh, with a company, our board approved an increase in our budget to to utilize a company called ESS to help us with uh, bringing more substitutes into our system. You know, one of our um, hardest hit areas last school year was in January when we came back from winter break and uh, we had about a 50% subfill rate, which for our listeners, what that means is that uh, only 50% of our classrooms that uh, needed subs were covered. The other 50% went uncovered. And so what that means is that our teachers had to cover classes during their conference periods and things like that. This year, our subfill rates are up between 70 to 75 percent so we are seeing an improvement over last year which is a good sign but prior to the pandemic uh, around 85 88 sometimes even 90 percent of our classrooms would be covered with subs just to give people a comparison of where we currently are sitting right now so uh, Jennifer from your perspective from the PTAs is this something that comes up all the time and something that 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 you guys have are constantly discussing in in your meetings and things like that yes um, you know it's interesting when dr. Rapp was talking about subs we've actually had some of our PTA volunteers go and be subs mm-hmm. so it's definitely even affected the volunteers because um, you know our team is dependent on a group of volunteers and now they're subbing so it's you know it's kind of like a snowball effect and how it affects everything and um, but they've stepped up and um, I think it's been a great way to to use our PTA volunteers in that area to help out but the good news is right it's, it's getting better right it, it is it, getting it better is, the numbers getting better. are 
first subs are headed in the right direction and of course as we uh, fill our vacancies our vacancy numbers are going down which is headed in the right direction but we definitely as part of uh, why we're here today is to increase awareness about just how critical it is to keep the teachers we have and ensure that LISD is a place where people want to come work. Perfect segue into retention and and obviously I, I think everybody that's watching this or listening to this can attest to the fact that everybody's looking for help. I mean you can't yes. go anywhere without seeing a help one it's not just about anywhere. So with that being the case what what can be done about this? Is there anything special that in conjunction with PTAs and our board and our administration, that can, is there anything we can do that maybe somebody else hadn't thought of yet or something to, to, that nobody else is doing to, to help retain what we have and to recruit new? Yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, I say to everybody that I talk to, actually the solutions to the recruitment and retention problem are really inside of all of us in the school district. And we know that one of the root causes of why teachers are leaving the profession is right now just a feeling of disrespect that, uh, that they have and some of the treatment that they have received. And that actually is very easy to solve. What we have to do is we have to raise up uh, our teachers and our schools. We have to celebrate. We have to lift them up. And so that's one of the things I'm so pleased to get to talk about today and to have Jennifer here. We talked about that at the PTA kickoff rally is that we need people to use social media to celebrate their schools, celebrate what their teachers are doing. It's, it sounds like maybe there should be a more complicated solution, but honestly, Bill, the solution's very easy. We just need to take care of our teachers and we need to ensure that we are promoting positivity because right now there's just more, a little more negativity out there on uh, social media sometimes and that's what people really go to a lot for their news and to decide where do they want to work and where do they want to send their kids to school and so that's one of the easiest things we all can do right away. Another thing that I'm very proud of that separates LISD and shows how we're working on our culture, we of course were named in the top 20 on the Forbes best places to work list for the state of Texas. There were only two school districts on that list in the top 20 and uh, we were the only DFW school district to be in the top 20. The other one was out in the Houston area. And so I just think that that says that you know, we have a great culture here, which is why when I say the number 1,700 resignations, that sounds like a lot. Actually, it's not as much as it probably could have been. And so we have to protect what we have, and we have to be really vigilant about being even more out front about how much we love our schools and support our teachers. And well, that's why I'm excited about the PTA. What great timing of the, and what a marketing gift that is to be named yeah. the number one place to work yes. in a, at, at the same time when recruiting and, and retention has been so challenging. Yeah. So Jennifer, do, do, and, and if I could ask this, when you start, to, when you talk about the disrespect being the number one reason, is this, can you tell, tell me more about it? Is this from parents? Is this from students? Where, when you say disrespect, where is this coming from? 
Dr. Rapp, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think ultimately it's primarily, I would say it's from uh, some treatment by parents to teachers. Uh, however, I would also say a, a group of people that uh, factor into this are, uh, you know, community members and uh, sometimes our legislature uh, where you know teachers find themselves unfortunately in the in the midst of some arguments about society and what's going on in schools and and let me say this bill i i don't think that people set out to to be disrespectful i want to be sure that i'm really clear about that you know i think everybody values teachers in our society and any time that I get a chance to talk to people about how sometimes actions or words are making teachers feel they they don't realize that that's what's happening so I hope that our listeners will understand that it's sometimes just a matter of of realizing that maybe when we have criticisms and concerns we also work to share positive things as well right and and because we need feedback, we want to always be getting better for kids. We always want to be uh, understanding how to meet the needs of our families better. And, and we want to understand what our elected officials think is important for education, too. Uh, we just need to also be sharing positive and not just criticisms. One of the real downsides to social media is that, uh, in my opinion, anyway, of that Sometime when people just have a keyboard and they're not being held accountable face to face, the negativity negativity really comes out sometimes, which is much different than being in person. Obviously, it is. So, uh, and I think a lot of times it's just not a realization that it's coming across that way to people. And uh, you know, I think people take to social media really quickly sometimes when they're upset, rather than maybe go to their principal first or go to the teacher. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, our PTA, we see them do so well. They love our schools. They're proud of our schools. They're proud of our teachers. They love to be in our schools. And I think sometimes it's just a matter of helping people that are so closely connected to our schools tell their story and their experiences more. At a, at a recent Chamber of Commerce uh, meeting, we were talking about this exact same thing, and I used it to kind of segue into a discussion on uh, the Adopt-A-School program, Yes, uh, which I, I think is awesome. I think that's one of the neatest things that the district has done in a long time. Can you, yeah. can either one, can you all expound on that just a little bit? Yeah, I'll start, and then I definitely want you to talk about how PTAs are working to adopt other schools, too. Yes. Uh, but the Adopt-A-School idea really came from my first 100 days uh, I went around to all of our schools, all of our departments. Of course, I went around to community members. And one person said, I want to help. I just am not for sure how. And so that's really where the adopt-a-school idea came in, is that anyone, whether it be a business, an individual, uh, anyone in our community can sign up to adopt one of our schools, simply bringing our staff breakfast or lunch or just simply showing up to say thank you. It takes so very little to encourage teachers, and it means so much to them. So that's really where that idea came from. And honestly, the PTAs were some of the first ones to start this approach because they would adopt other schools who were struggling to have a PTA. Yes, that's one thing that PTA does best is help people who are in need and 
same thing as Dr. Rapp saying about the schools with the PTAs. Um, you know, we're a huge camp, a huge district, so our every PTA is different. So some of them thrive and some of them need some help. So this is a great opportunity for those PTAs that are thriving to get out there and help um, another campus that may need support or just extra hand. Um, you know, parents may not be able to be as involved because of work or for whatever the reason is. So these volunteers go out there and help. And we actually have a board position that's called non-traditional PTA. Um, so her role is to go out there and campuses such as the tech center that don't have um, support, we're able to go out there and for, you know, show some appreciation, bring donuts, bring lunch and things like that. So it's definitely a priority of the of the council to make sure all of our PTAs are supported and everybody feels that love. You're so right. You know, sometimes people just don't realize it's just the little things sometimes. Just a, that little extra effort to say thank you. Uh, it's kind of the be kind thing that yes. the district has going and to smile and to tell these teachers just how much how much they're appreciated. Exactly. Um, you're right. And, and so that goes into we're kind of <laughs> we have a very positive topic and then we kind of have a kind of a negative topic again, but not necessarily. But, you know, there was a survey that was recently done. And, uh, and it came back pretty surprisingly, I think, to a lot of people. I know it was to me uh, that a large percentage of those surveyed, of those teachers that were surveyed, basically said that they would change professions if they, mm. if they had the chance. Is that something that, from a PTA standpoint, do you hear this as well like that? I think, you know, since the pandemic, there's definitely been a different feel. You know, as a volunteer who's always on campuses, um, you know, there's a feeling at campuses and the the pandemic definitely affected um, just the feeling of families because we haven't been able to be there and be engaged. So as a volunteer, I've felt that, um, you know, our job as the PTA is to love on our teachers and show them support. So um, I feel like I'm always in, in the positivity bubble because that's what we do. We bring, you know, the joy and the appreciation and I'm so thankful for that opportunity. But I definitely have felt the difference and so I do see where they're coming from, and I think, um, you know, the pandemic definitely had a big part of that. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely am excited this year. I feel like there's that joy is coming back, mm -hmm. and there's this sense of, you know, normalcy, if that's, you know, mm -hmm. even possible. But um, so I definitely feel like we've turned the corner with that. Mm -hmm. And, of course, PTA is there um, every step of the way to help um, do what we can to just be a positive, uplifting um factor on the campuses. Mm -hmm. So that survey was done more or less at the beginning of the year. Do you, do you have plans to have another one kind of later and see what the difference is? Because I, I, I just have a feeling that we're going to see a big swing there. Yeah, you know, one of the things we're definitely trying to do this year is get feedback from our staff more frequently. And so we're uh, using what we're calling pulse checks. And we just recently had one go out, and so we'll be doing several more of those throughout this school year. And the whole goal of those is to help us keep, really, a better pulse more frequently on how people, how people are doing so that we can all be part of responding uh, to areas of need. So at the same time, as we're dealing with these issues of recruitment and re retaining, we have the funding issue. And it just seems like a lot of the funds that were normally coming to public schools are just all kind of ways that they're finding to divert them away from us again. Yeah, yeah. What is what can be done there with the the board and the PTAs working together and maybe the public? What what's your thought there? 
Yeah, you know, one of the things I uh, am excited to partner on is our legislative priorities. Our board of trustees just passed our legislative priorities at the last board meeting, and the ones under our resource stewardship finance area, there are there's quite a few of those because there are definite areas of improvement to address when it comes to funding of our schools and and I know you know you all have a rally day in Austin so I want to be sure you you talk about what y'all are helping advocate for. Yes, um, such an amazing event. Every two years when there's a legislative session, Texas PTA rallies PTAs across the state of Texas, and we all go down to Austin. This year, this coming year, it's going to be February 27th. Um, and it's just, I've been several times. We're going to take a district, hopefully some yes. a charter bus, and go down there and all the LASD PTAs, some teachers and staff get to go. And it's just an opportunity to um, meet with our local legislators and talk about um, the impact with public education and Texas PTA has their priorities um, in place as well. And obviously budget and finance is a big one that they've been working years on. So I know this year is a big year for that. And our role as PTA is to really educate our parents and our families to get out there and vote. And the difference we can make here at our in the at the local level is critical. And um, so I've been on campuses where we, we just educate parents on how to vote, where to go vote, and just the importance of that. So I'm really proud of the advocacy work PTA does in partnership with Texas PTA for that. Awesome. So, so let's talk just a second about the um, standard assessment. You know, LSD is very rich in education. Uh, we've always been uh, really strong on providing the very best mm -hmm. education that we can for, for our students. Uh, with the with the standard assessment situation, though, it seems to go against sometimes our ability and our our goal to educate the whole child. It's not really representative mm -hmm. of the whole child. It, what what can be done, or what steps are being taken uh, in those areas? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because every time that uh, I talk to families it will come up that, you know, they don't feel as though their student really should be measured by a test on one day that happens. And when you think about it at high school and all the opportunities we have in our school district and the state assessment is five tests, the thought that a student or a school would be judged by five exams at the high school level across four school years worth of work, it, it defies logic, truly. Uh, you know, I don't think any of us mind giving an assessment. I do not believe that our schools and our students should be judged by that. I think it should just be informational purposes only. And, you know, we have parents who say, I know that my school is better than a B. I know that my school mm -hmm. is better than a C. And it's, I, I heard even some a couple of weekends ago as we had a chance to sit down and talk with Tan Parker say, you know, this is not okay because that, that sounds so simple. Oh, you're a C. We all have this idea of what a C means because of school that we've been in. But truly, the accountability manual to understand the accountability system is hundreds of pages long. No one could pick up that manual and really easily interpret how did my school become a C. And that is something that we have to tell the story of more because we do need people to vote. We need people to be educated 
about where people stand on these important issues because they're creating misconceptions about schools who are doing great things. What do you hear from parents, Jennifer? Exactly that, that our children are more than just these tests. And yes, while sometimes, you know, they're needed to know where, where are they at, but to have such critical um, repercussions because of the test is something that Texas PTA has fought really hard for. Um, and during the pandemic, I know Texas PTA played a big role in lobbying. So those tests were removed during the pandemic um, year. So they didn't, you know, students weren't being held back. So that was work right there in Austin that Texas PTA was doing for our students. So as a parent of a child who is not a great test taker, it's heartbreaking to watch um, just the, the confidence levels go down because, you know, they make A's and B's, but they're not a test. So um, it's hard as a parent um, to, you know, understand that as well. But I just I'm proud of the work that we're doing at a district and at the PTA level. So our students know they're more than just that test. Yeah, I think things like this today being here at the Career Center, you know, there are uh, mistakes that people could make in thinking, well, we need to we need to funnel all of our resources towards those tested areas. And when you make decisions like that, you don't provide a rich array of opportunities for kids. And Louisville ISD has never uh, gone that direction. We've never said that because of a test, we're not going to do these other things because we do what's right for kids, regardless of uh, whether that may help or hurt our school district or school rating, because we believe that uh, kids are more than a test score. And, you know, I say all the time that just in LISD, the mandate to do online testing cost us, we estimated, about $10 million. And the state is moving towards online testing next school year without, going back to your funding question, without any additional funding to school districts. So thank you to our 2017 voters who got out and supported our bond packages that have allowed us to have technology. They've allowed us to have Tech West, this amazing facility that we're in. They've allowed us to have safety and security. And we, we need people's support to continue ensuring our kids' needs are met. And that's the key to me. It, it, I know it's got to be frustrating because this goes back years that, that this type of discussion has been going on, right? Mm -hmm. And I know it's got to be frustrating to parents that we're still having this discussion. But, but the good news is, seems to be, like you said, we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. And if we can get people involved, uh, we, we just need to encourage our parents and encourage all of our listeners to get more involved and uh, get engaged and vote. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe, maybe some things, some good things can happen down those roads. Yeah. OK, so our last question real quick is um, there, there's been a, a big emphasis, a big push this year on this school year to change the direction where people are seeing T-shirts all over the place and information called One LISD. What is that? Yes. Okay. So the idea of one LISD really came about with our focus on community engagement. And, and in that first hundred days of being superintendent, uh, as I shared, what I heard from so many was people were feeling disconnected either from one another or from our schools or even within our school district. And so uh, the idea of the three C's being our district emphasis for this year, which is connection, communication, and culture, and that that's really how we come together as a community, and that when we are one LISD across our 127 square miles and our many campuses and our many departments, that actually it goes back to your first question. How do we address 
some of the challenges that we're facing. And how we address those challenges is by having unity and positivity. And we thought there's no better way to, to express that unity in the idea of being one LISD together. That is so awesome. That really does make a lot of sense, especially when you break it down with those three different little categories there. So how can the board and administration and PTA all work together, Jennifer, to to reach these goals and objectives? Well, I loved it when I first met Dr. Rapp as serving as the president this year. I had this team thing envision in my mind. And then when we sat down, she, you know, we talked about the one and I was like, this is exactly what I had in my head. As PTAs across this huge district, we need to come together and partner. And as a district with the PTA, we need to partner. So the whole one thing just really resonated with me. And um, Dr. Rapp was gracious enough to let the council just grab onto that. And our rally yesterday, we were there all wearing Council One um, t-shirts. And I just felt this sense of teamwork and this sense of unity and the the board of trustees that were there. And we have community you know, sponsors that are coming on board. And um, it's just been a great sense of we truly are one. And and we all know the power if we work together. It's all for the good of our students. And so I really feel that and just that sense of um, support. And I'm just really excited about what we're going to be able to do this year working together. Awesome. You really think about the power in, in what you're sharing is that we're more powerful when we're together. And that means we need to have one voice, we need to have one message, we need to be sure we're communicating that message. And uh, I think that's been part of the struggle is that people, they communicate different messages or they don't use the same common approach. And I'm so excited and was uh, just thrilled when we met that Jennifer was willing to say, yes, this is exactly what we're thinking. And the more people see us all being aligned, the more powerful it will be. I was just going to say that, that the stars are, are aligning together with this team uh, that, that you guys have put together. So I, I think that's going to be really, really positive as we, as we move forward. Well, thank you all so much for joining me today on podcast mm-hmm. number six. This was some really good stuff. You guys, you guys you. really brought out a lot of really good things. So. Thank you so much, Dr. Rapp, Jennifer Perry, for coming out. And thanks, everybody, for listening today to podcast number six. So until next time, from all of us at LSD, make it a great day.